the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. We have Mr. Bill. We have young David, also known as David Dahl, my producer. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. Feel free to call in. Anything on your mind, it's all our soil. When Joe Biden talks about Republicans, that is to say fellow Americans— the Americans, he said in his campaign and in his inaugural that he wanted to be the president for, you know, not the president of the blue states or the red states, but of all of the United States. How did he put it in his inaugural? Quote, we can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting and lower the temperature. And I pledge this to you. I will be a president for all Americans, close quote. This would have been less than a year before he would then, as president, go to Georgia and charge the Republican Party as the party of Jefferson Davis, George Wallace, and Bull Connor. And this would all have been two years before he started claiming in his speeches that the Republican Party is filled with extremists who are an existential threat to our democracy. That's how he now talks about us, his fellow Americans, his, to use his inaugural words, neighbors. Yesterday, however, while taking a few questions from the press after giving remarks on national security spending, he was asked about the progress in getting the hostages in Gaza released, and he said this from the White House transcript, quote, This indirectly has a lot to do with the hostage deal and what's going on in the Middle East, the decision on what we do relative to Israel, the decision what we do or in terms of American funding of whether we're going to engage with the situation in Ukraine, It goes to the question of American power. It goes to, does America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, let me be, choose my words. There is some movement. There's been a response from the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but it, at that point, a reporter jumped in to help him by shouting, Hamas? And the president responded, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's, there's a continuing negotiation right now. Close quote. Okay. Aside from the ongoing Gabby Johnson frontier gibberish we have come to expect from the president, who treats the English language like a great tank with a drunken driver loose in the crowded streets of a city unguided and unrestrained by intelligence, reason, or principle. Aside from that, note the locutions he does summon once reminded that the enemy is the terrorist organization Hamas. Hamas is what he calls the opposition, and he said they can be a little over the top. A terrorist organization that is holding Americans and dozens of others hostage after an attack that would make the medieval look modern is the opposition. That can be over the top. Republicans, fellow Americans, are extremists and threats to democracy. 
sometimes existential threats to democracy. This is the warping of the mindset that gives lie to every platitude Joe Biden summons in speaking of himself as a healer, a man of compassion, a man who wants to be the president of all the people, a uniter and not a divider. This is the real Joe Biden. Not a joke, as he might say. As many of you know, I've been consumed with the things we all just sort of accept and go along with, as if all is normal. Our inability to have any influence in the world anywhere to thwart tin pot dictators and major autocrats and terrorist regimes and states, two national anthems, drug poisoning deaths like never before, great cities looking like Charles Dickens novels, record homelessness and inability to solidify our border, massive institutional organizations affiliating with a self-described Marxist organization, re-racialization, impossible lines at the airport waiting forever on the tarmac at the airport as if the air traffic control did not know the plane was coming, airplanes blowing holes in themselves, things breaking, things not getting delivered on time, grocery stores that no longer have human beings at checkout but require human beings override to override the self-checkouts, lousy customer service, prescriptions that take forever to get filled, doctor's offices that don't know what an appointment or an appointed time is, insurance companies and the cost to and all these things as well. What I call the new suck. And now add a president that cannot speak or think, and a vice president that, when she speaks, sounds like a broken audio loop of words that need reassembling, along with a press spec secretary, formerly known as a spokesperson, who falls somewhere in between the locutional skills of said president and vice president. Just all supposed to be normal and accepted, or what we just accept now. A friend of mine asked me the other day what I thought about having physicians going on television and speaking about the president's mental infelicities and verbal aphasia. And I said, you don't need medical degrees to do it. Even a child, perhaps only a child, was able to point out the emperor was naked. But it's worth pointing out now, everything is denuded here. At least so it seems to me. And perhaps it's time we go back to recalling why we even learned the Hans Christian Andersen story in the first place. The emperor was so very fond of clothes. He spent more attention and money on them than anything else. Then two swindlers came to him, selling themselves as the finest tailors in the world. Once they convinced him, though naked, he was wearing the finest and most colorful outfit ever, he was proud and he paraded himself down the street so that all could worship at his clothing. Everyone in the streets and through the windows saw him and said, Oh, how fine are the emperor's new clothes. Don't they fit him to perfection? Look at that long train. Nobody would confess that he couldn't see anything, for that would prove him either unfit for his position or a fool. No costume the emperor had worn before was ever such a complete success, he thought to himself. And then a little child spoke up and said, But he hasn't got anything on. Did you ever hear such innocent prattle, said the child's father. And one person whispered to another what the child had said. 
he hasn't got anything on. A child says he hasn't got anything on. But he hasn't got anything on, started the murmur, and the whole town finally cried that out at last. The emperor shivered, for he suspected they were right. But he thought, well, the procession has to go on. So he walked and marched more proudly than ever as his noblemen held high the train that wasn't there at all. Nobody would confess the truth. They didn't want to be seen as a fool. Today one might say racist or extremist or idiot. Finally, a truth teller did appear. It was a child because children know when they are being swindled in a way we sophisticated adults convince ourselves against, especially if someone with a Ph.D. or in a high station or with a byline in the newspaper says the opposite. And so I fear where we are today. Too many. Holding a high train they truly know isn't there at all. In all of our culture and politics are swindling us. And I worry more. Joe Biden may himself even suspect it. But he walks more proudly than ever as his entourage holds high the train that isn't there. It's not a joke. None of it is. Indeed, it's deadly serious. Literally, as the president might also say. But the swindle continues, doesn't it? As the Democrats walk more proudly than ever, and as Joe Biden's noblemen hold high this train that doesn't exist. And most of us just go on with our daily lives, thinking all of this is normal, thinking all of this or being told all of this is normal and that there's nothing to speak about here. This is how we have now become conditioned. This is not a healthy thing to be conditioned to. When the abnormal is given the sanction of the normal and then replaces it, that is a sign of disease. And I believe right now we are all living in a country with a very serious disease. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you live from the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group-sponsored 960 The Patriot Broadcast Studio. Midas Gold Group is your trusted source for precious metals. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. Happy to talk about anything on your mind. Young David, you doing all right? You got anything fun to report in your life? You um, going dancing tonight? Life. Yes. Okay. Well, tonight's the last night for dancing, at least for a long while for me. Why? Because the place that I regularly go to is shutting down at the end of the month. Yeah. They are uh, losing their space. They were given 60 days notice, and by the end of February, they're gone. So tonight's the last night there will be live music, which means it'll probably be the last night that I will be there. Okay. Well, there are other places to dance. There are. There are. Maybe Handle I'll take J- on uh, country dancing and wear belt buckles J's. around here. To... Yes, exactly. Maybe I'll go to Handlebar J's and wear large belt buckles around the office. Did people Do people dance at the Dirty Dram- Drummer? I haven't been there when they've had a live band. Uh, they just did um, once when uh, it was the Rockabilly Night. It was one of the first nights that I went there, and they had a Rockabilly Night with DJ music as well as live music. And the people were only dancing... 
with the DJ music. So I think when there is a live band, people are generally at the drummer to listen to the live band. Okay. But they uh, do have a dance floor, as yes, I've noticed. Yes, they have a dance floor. Well, maybe you can encourage the ladies over there to... Why don't you encourage it? Why don't you get your feet out there and bust a move? I can't dance. How could I? I can't dance. Why should I? I can't, I can't dance. dance. Yeah, let's go out with that Sinatra's version. All right. Um, just so you don't have to take my word for it, I may have made it actually sound a little better than it actually came off. This was Joe Biden yesterday. There is some movement, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the. Uh, the, the there's been a response from. The opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Oh, and I'm glad to know that we're continuing with Hamas. Uh, we're con- we're um, negotiating with Hamas. I'm glad to hear that. Um, did you know this was? By the way, I made reference to. Uh, I made. I've made reference to uh, Gabby Johnson. That's from Blazing Saddles. Did you know that this was the anniversary today? Today is it, the anniversary of the release of Blazing Saddles? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It's its 50th anniversary, released February 7th, 20, uh, uh, 50 years ago today. 1974. 1974. How about that? It could not be made today. No. You've no. seen it. You can play. You can get Gabby Johnson's speech if you want. It, it's probably worth getting. It's probably worth getting. Um, okay, one of the things I mentioned in my litany of things that kind of represent the suck. I mean, before I go on, I just gotta. I just gotta pause again on this. I am. A, I don't think it's just because I'm a student of rhetoric that this bothers me so much. I just don't think it is. He was asked a question about progress and getting the hostages in Gaza released. And that's what he said. That's how he portrayed the answer. If you're Hamas watching that or Iran watching that, I got to do it again. There just, is some movement and I don't want to I don't want to well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the. There's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's, there's continuing negotiation right now. I don't know. I missed it the first time. It took me the re-airing of it here or the airing of it here a few moments ago to realize he he couldn't possibly have been speaking on behalf of on behalf of the United States as the ongoing negotiations. Could he have been? Are we negotiating with Hamas? Are we now just openly admitting that we're negotiating with terrorists to the degree that you could divine anything out of that Gabby Johnson speech? I can understand why <laughs> he says, let me choose my words before he spoke of it. 
They're the opposition. It took a reporter to yell, you mean Hamas? I think the reporter was shocked to hear him calling them the opposition. The opposition should be the Republican Party. No, the Republican Party is the extremist threat to democracy. Hamas, terrorist organization, is the opposition that we're evidently now negotiating with. And they can be a little over the top. A little over the top. I, I honestly, I don't know how, we, uh, I don't know how we can make it to next January. Was it Hugh Hewitt who was saying earlier today or the other day that if Joe Biden is reelected, Kamala Harris will be the president? There's just no way you can get through this. There is simply no way. And I'll defend all day long the notion that Donald Trump. Had, has the same problem because he confused Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley. That's just, it's not the same on, on a number of levels we went over the other day. There's no one amongst us who hasn't done that. But there's also no one amongst us who speaks like this, who speaks like this. And we just think it's normal. It's an incredible thing to me. All right, yeah, I do want to get to the some of the stuff I was uh, talking about in my litany of things that just kind of are abnormal that we have seemingly just embraced as nothing to see here, ho-hum, and normal. Dennis Prager went right at it on one of them. To a lot of people, it may not be that big of a deal. To a lot of people, this may just be a case of simply virtue signaling and and doing, you know, a kind of decent thing that we shouldn't look too carefully at. In fact, with, let's just accept it and look away from. But it's the fact that the Super Bowl, again, will have two national anthems. And I happen to think with Dennis Prager, this is a big deal. I think this is a big deal. And I think it's one of these other things we're just thinking, oh, yeah, no big deal. We have more than one national anthem. At the most widely viewed sporting event in America, the Super Bowl, the National Football League will feature the singing of Lift Every Voice and Sing, the song first known as the Negro National Anthem and now known as the Black National Anthem, writes Dennis Prager. You know what would happen at ASU if he went back to speak there? 38 professors would write a letter saying he uses the word, the, the Negro word. Yeah, it's in quotes because that was the name of the song. I'll give you the rest of his column when we come back. I think it's a big deal. The moment we stop caring about the important emblematic symbols of this country is the moment we begin to die a little. You know who said that? Not me, Martin Luther King. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I was reading you Dennis Prager's uh, column this week on the two national anthems that you will get at the Super Bowl. Um, he writes that in order to ensure that those present at the game and the more than 100 million people watching on television cannot avoid hearing it, the Black Nath National Anthem will, according to the schedule I have seen, be played after the actual national anthem of the United States. If that is the case, this will presumably be done in order to also ensure that everyone is still standing when it is sung. The NFL probably fears that some of those attending the game, specifically those who possess two increasingly rare traits, love of America and courage, might not rise for the black national anthem. But if they were already standing for the national anthem, few will sit. 
when the Black National Anthem is then sung. The NFL doesn't want a repeat of what occurred at last year's Super Bowl in Arizona when, as ABC News reported, former Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake went viral in 2023 for remaining seated during a performance of the song at the Super Bowl. Last year, the Black National Anthem was played prior to the National Anthem. (laughs) Carrie Lake is changing NFL policy. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Aristotle said power is the ability to be and make things be. How destructive a decision performing the Black National Anthem at sporting events is, whether before or after the National Anthem, can be summarized this way. Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, is among the few Americans of whom it will one day be said that he seriously damaged America. In 2021, the Washington Times noted, quote, under Roger Goodell, the NFL has gone far beyond the kneeling. It's doubling down on social justice. In addition to painting more slogans in the end zones and on players' helmets, the league will be noting, donating $250 million to Black Lives Matter and other activist groups to combat systemic racism and support the battle against the ongoing and historical injustices faced by African Americans, close quote. Also in 2021, do you know this, Mr. Bill? The NFL released a 30-second video titled Football is Gay. You did know that. Last week, the Black National Anthem was sung before the Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions playoff game. The National Basketball Association and Major League Baseball are competing with the NFL to see which organization can inject more divisive left-wing politics into sports. For example, before the 2023 NBA All-Star game played in Salt Lake City, uh, Jolly Black, a black singer, changed an opening word of the Canadian national anthem from O Canada, our home and native land, to O Canada, our home on native land, emphasizing the word on. During the 2023 baseball season, the L.A. Dodgers honored, yes, honored, not merely featured an LGBT activist group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, composed of men dressed as nuns, mocking actual Catholic nuns. Meanwhile, the NFL continues to paint anti-racist slogans in the end zones and play the Black National Anthem before important games. Not to be outdone by the NFL, NBA, or MLB, the U.S. Open men's and women's tennis singles finals did not even feature the U.S. National Anthem. Instead, the Black National Anthem and America the Beautiful were sung. The latter is indeed a beautiful and patriotic song, but the fact is that one National Anthem was played and it wasn't America's. As former ESPN anchor Sage Steele wrote on Twix, Ah, the irony of refusing to allow our national anthem at the U.S. Open. I remain hopeful that we can get back to truly appreciating the greatness of America, but man, this is sad, close quote. Two big lessons here. The first is that the left seeks to destroy America as we have known it. Playing two national anthems has no other goal than disuniting Americans. The message of singing the black national anthem is as clear as day. There is a black America and there is the rest of America. That many Americans, especially some in the African-American community, welcome this is tragic. The second is the most important. The left destroys everything it touches. High schools, elementary schools, universities, journalism, the nuclear family, young Americans, mental health, male-female relations, religion, our borders, love of country, medicine, and medical schools. The list includes every noble institution and ideal in our country. And now sports. 
2001, following 9-11, the great black Chicago Cubs player Sammy Sosa hit a home run and ran around the bases waving a small American flag. Fifteen years later, Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the playing of the national anthem. The left, led by Barack Obama, Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, the media, the schools and the universities have done their damage, so now we play two national anthems. E pluribus unum is dead. For the left, it's another touchdown. Seth Leapson here for the Midas Gold Group. The MAGA veterans at Midas Gold point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank. While the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank, it belongs to you. It's your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do. A controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call to veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. That's 480-360-3000. Or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 480-360-3000 or MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful. Midas Gold Group. MAGA. Proud of it. MidasGoldGroup.com. Rick is in Phoenix. Hi, Rick. Hi there, Seth. Hi. Another another publication-worthy monologue, my friend. You're very kind. You you are my advocate. Thank you for saying the things I would like to shout. <laughs> you you've got my blood boiling. Oh dear. Seth. Oh my. As a as an American with Native American blood, I want to know when the Native American anthem will be played at the Super Bowl. Well, that's the other thing. Um that that is the other thing. I mean, we can um, we can have unum or we can have pluribus, right? Um, but you know, the name of our country begins with unum. Yep. Well, that's the whole idea of the melting pot. My immigrant friend from Trinidad does not identify as a black American. So I don't think he would really go for the black American anthem. Maybe he'll sit down for it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for raising, you know, <laughs> the awareness on that. Uh, I, I'm afraid we have a, a, may have another pan, pandemic on our hands. Well, I don't know, man. It's the pan. Yeah, I, I take the point. It's... um. I know people. Some people think it's just a little thing, but I don't think it's a little thing because this is how you slowly, slowly lose a country when you start getting used to these kinds of things. Right. The deterioration of every government begins with the decay of the principle upon which it was founded. Montesquieu said. Yeah, and 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 your monologue, Seth, is is absolutely to the point on that point. Uh, it, 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 you just if you keep, and this is what's happened over the last decades, if you just keep chipping away at something, eventually the monument is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's why... And, that, uh, well, I mean, that, that was kind of the point of 2020, wasn't it? There's a yeah, great word yeah. for it. There's yeah. a great word for it, iconoclast. Iconoclasm. Right. 
you know, iconoclasm, the yeah. destroying of um, cherished beliefs, institutions, values, and practices. Yeah, yeah. They that... went after statues for a reason. They went into renamings for a reason. They changed the date of our founding for a reason. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know how many different ways we have been um, warned about these kinds of things. Uh, Orwell. When memory fails and written records are falsifies, falsified, then anything can take place, and anything is, and everything is taking place. Yes. I mean, well, and everyone Seth, warns us of these things. Everyone warns yeah. us of these things. And Seth, that, that, that is also to the point. The warnings have been going on for a long time, so this, this ball has been rolling, 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 and it finally, uh, the, the war- warnings were sort of heated, but then ignored, or, you know, we're too busy with other stuff, or whatever, but it kept rolling and rolling and rolling until finally 2020 hits, and now 2022 and 2020, you know, and, and boy, it just as you point out, we're living in a totally different world than the one that we lived in just, you know, five years ago or 10 or 20 years ago. I know. I know. I know it can happen fast. Yeah. Well, it 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 I think it didn't necessarily happen fast. It it was going for a long okay, time. Okay, that's fair. I accept that. Yes, I accept that. Yep, you're right. Uh, yes, I said it wrongly. You said it better. That's right. It was going <laughs> like they say sometimes can happen with bankruptcy. At first slowly and then quickly, I suppose. Something right. like that. It, yeah, you're yeah. right though. You're right. It was moving along. It was moving along since the 1950s, probably first in our courts, particularly with regard to First Amendment jurisprudence and our schools, and then on and on it continued, and yes, and then it came here quickly. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you so much, Seth, and I pray for you for strength to continue. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know what, David? What happened to the? Remember how I was going to occasionally open my monologues with a prayer? Whatever happened to that practice? What happened to it? I'm chuckling because I wanted to make the smart Alec response. Oh, do so by saying I don't write your monologues. <laughs> didn't I? Didn't I say I was going to do that from time to time? I, I think so. I think yeah. you also encouraged all of us listening to start our days with a prayer, just yeah. as you start your days in commune with a friend. Yeah. You can start your I day do. in commune with God. I do. Fred Rogers, who was an ordained minister, you know, he said a prayer before he went into his studio every day. You know what the prayer was? Mm-mm. Dear God, today, let at least some of my words be yours. Oh, that's nice. That is nice I for really a broadcaster, like isn't it? Of course. Yeah. Well, he has a great. Story. Should we should we print that out and put it above our studios? Well, maybe printing is not uh, as deserving as those words need to be. Maybe we should, you know, make a nice sign or all right, get whatever. A print shop or sure. engrave it on our foreheads in wood. It would. <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad idea. I was thinking about Blazing Saddles being fifty <laughs> years old. Prayers, Blazing Saddles. Okay. Do you realize? <laughs> I think I'm right. I think Mel Brooks at age 90-something is the only one from that movie still alive. 
I don't think Al- Alex Karras, Mongo, he died. Harvey Corman died. Madeline Kahn died. Obviously, Gene Wilder and Cle- I, Cleavon Little. Who else was in it? Dom DeLuise was in it, maybe. They all, they're, he, Mel Brooks, God love him. He's 90-something. On and on and on, just like Jimmy Carter. <laughs> he, uh, I think not just like, I think he's, he's vertical and doesn't let the old man in, so to speak. I think I think Mel Brooks is the only God love that man. I went to college with his son. Really? Yeah, yeah. I went to college with his son Max. Yeah, I'm looking at the cast, and even a lot of these supporting actors, I'm not even sure, are still around with us. He was the son of uh, Mel and Ann, Ann Bancroft, Mrs. Robinson. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They have a secure and collateralized portfolio that may be a better option for you than where you have your money now or in addition to where you have some of your money now. With Y-Refi, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. There are absolutely no fees. Think of this peace of mind. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. You get a monthly statement with no surprises, of course, and you can turn your income on or off or compound it, whatever you like. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. We are hosting a great event on uh, March 26th called Fighting for Freedom. We're bringing in Mike Gallagher and uh, Brandon Tatum will be there joining me. The three of us will be on stage talking about the stakes in this election, taking your questions and going back and forth with you. We're not making it too terribly big so we can have a maximization of interface and interaction. And um, you can get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. We are doing a giveaway as well. If you would like to um, enter for that, just email my uh, producer, David, at uh, ddoll. His last name is Doll, D-O-L-L, ddoll at salemphx.com, ddoll at salemphx.com, and put in FFF or Fighting for Freedom or something like that in the subject line, and we'll give away a pair of tickets every Friday. Uh, happy to do that. Um, for those of you that want to do it that way. Or you can buy your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. 960thepatriot.com. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've already been taking notes for that event, actually, believe it or not. Things I want to talk about. Things I want to talk to Brandon Tatum and Mike Gallagher about. Um, things I want to talk to you about that we don't just always do on the radio show. But I am happy to entertain anything you want on this radio show, of course. So feel free to call in at 602-508-0960. I'm Seth Leibson, and we shall return. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.